Hi, and welcome to the New Futurist Podcast, a show where we focus on practical ways to gain greater clarity and insight about how the world is changing, and more importantly, about what you can do today to take a more active role in creating the kind of future that you want to see. My name is Jared Nichols. I'm the host of this show, and today I've got something special for you. Uh, this is an interview that I did when I was the host of the Road Ahead podcast. And uh, this is something that uh, I went back and looked at and listened to and realized that even though uh, we recorded this a few years ago, the wisdom and the insight shared by my guest today is still very relevant and applicable uh, to creating the future, to thinking differently about the actions that we take and how to make better decisions. So this is something I know you're going to enjoy. So stick around for this show here. But before we do that, Real quick, let's do a little house cleaning. If you have not subscribed to the show, take a second, click the subscribe button. And this helps us do two things. Number one, it helps us to make sure that you are getting the most up-to-date shows and information, things that uh, will help you uh, along this journey when it comes to creating the future. But it also gives us insight into what is most important to you. It allows us to have a conversation back and forth so we can better understand what is really resonating uh, better understand what you want to hear more about. And then that gives us the ability to uh, bring on new guests, create new content, and, uh, and, and ensure that we're providing value to you going forward. So if you haven't, click the subscribe button. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into the show. Well, Jeff, it's an honor to have you on the show today. Thanks for taking some time. I know uh, I know things are quite hectic for you, as you and I just discussed a few seconds ago, and uh, we can certainly relate on that. But today, I'm excited about our topic. I mean, you obviously have been doing a lot of work with organizations, individuals, and and uh, especially around the book, the one thing. But what I want us to talk about today are some of the key principles that come out of that, and some of the things that you've been able to uh, to witness, really, by people applying these principles and how they can start to make better decisions in order to grow their business and think more strategically about the future. Yes. So, what we see, whether if we're working with a company or even an individual, we consistently hear something along these lines. I know I was busy. And I looked up at the end of the day and wondered, did I even get anything done? (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, that feels feels about right. Yeah, we've all had days like that. And we started asking the question, why is that? And this is where in the work that we do in the trainings, there is this underlying lie that people hold as a truth. People believe that... Well, whether they believe it or not, they act as though everything matters equally. Mm. Yeah. They act as though checking email is of equal importance to lead generating for new business. Now, when I say something like that in your mind, you're like, well, of course, email is not as important as lead generating for, for, for business. We would agree. Now, let's look at your actions. Have you ever been lead generating for business or doing that one thing that is just your most important work and you hear your email ding in your mind? You're like, ooh, email. Now's a great (laughs) time to respond to everybody else's priorities, right? (laughs) And all of a sudden, 15 minutes later, you look up and you realize you've just been partially reading emails, marking most of them as unread, and you don't even know how you got there. Yeah. And then your psychology starts to take you down that role of, oh, I can't get anything done. And man, why? You know, it's, yeah. 
Right. So this, this, we asked the question, how do we help people take back control of their time and have clarity on how they want to invest it? And it, it all points to that. Yeah. So, so for those that haven't read the book, um, give us a quick overview here about the, the general sure. premise about the one thing. I mean, it seems self-explanatory, but again, it's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. With technology, with the way the world is today, things are moving so fast and we have more things that we need to do than ever before. How do you narrow your focus down to that one thing, that most important thing that such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary? How do you take the 80-20 rule, the idea that 80% of your results come from just 20% of your activities and narrow the focus down to the first, the, the single one that will provide the most disproportionate results in your life? How do you do those things first? And how do you silence the world that is fighting for your attention at the same time? Yes, can you tell me how to do that? <laughs> yes, one step at the time. <laughs> Man, it's so relevant for my life right now. So, well, yeah. let, let, let's let me turn the tables, Jared. What's the biggest distraction in your life? What is that one thing that's stopping you from getting your highest level work done? Yeah, uh, well, in this, you know, I was actually reading some of the book right before our call here, and this is what was resonating with me: is focusing on where. All, so, really, being able to align where my passion and skills come together. And I know you guys talk about that in the book, mm. but you know, really being able to align that. So every morning that I wake up, it's just, you know, cause what I found is this, is that when I get distracted by emails, it's because I'm allowing myself to be distracted because I don't want to really be doing what it is that I'm doing at that moment. You know, and, and that in and of itself is a problem, right? That's uh, okay. Why am I doing this? What other priorities have I allowed to take hold of my time that says I need to be doing this when I really have no desire to do that at all? And, you know, the overall concept that you guys talk about, about having one thing is so appealing. It's just this, oh, yeah, there's got to be this one thing. But the difficulty, I think, often, especially for myself, somebody who kind of puts his hands in several different arenas here, is to be able to quickly eliminate what those things are that are not going to help me fulfill my ultimate purpose, make the biggest impact, and ultimately uh, wake up excited and enthusiastic about what I'm doing so that I can keep producing better and better content and better results for other people. So, yeah. So let me ask you the question again, because and, and this is where I'm just going to be the, the accountability person yeah. right now. Guys, you all are listening in on this. Because uh, <laughs> you didn't actually answer the question. Exactly. What is the single biggest distraction that is stopping you from getting your most important ah, work done. Yeah. Single biggest distraction. Wow. The moment of truth. I don't know. If, if you did know, what would it be? If I did know it. See, I like that. That's good. If I did know. Gosh, it feels like so many. I don't know. It feels like so many things. Uh, I just, I have too many commitments all at the same time. That's the problem. I have too many. There's not one thing. There's many things. Ah, I see what you're doing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, man. He's oh, right man. Oh. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing you say, Jared, mm -hmm. is you are having a hard time overcoming the lie that everything matters equally. Yeah, it, that and I recognized that a while back as you and I've talked off, you know, outside of this is that my 
my business is going through a transition from the one-to-one to one-to-many to to open up that avenue. So it's taken so much time and energy and brain power and everything else that during that process, I start recognizing these other commitments that I have made over the past year, year and a half. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't, those things do not align with what it is I'm trying to do. And they start taking more and more time and not knowing how to break those off so I can continue moving forward and focusing on that one important thing. Let me ask you a question. If doing your most important work, or let me rephrase that, if doing the most important thing is the most important thing, why would you do anything else? Because I've allowed other priorities and past commitments to be equally weighted. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. So look at that. And this is why, again, for people who are listening, the beauty of this is, I framed at the beginning. I uh, said, you know, people treat everything like it matters equally. They treat email like they, they act as though email, checking email is as important as lead generating for your business. And everybody's thinking, well, of course they're not equal. And here's a perfect example of Jared saying he knows what the most important work is. And there's all these other things that are required to run the business, required to service the clients, all these little administrative 80 percent loose ends that are sitting around that are fighting for your attention. Yeah. You are now touching on one of the thieves of productivity, which is the fear of chaos. Because when you narrow your focus down to your most important work, you get into a bunker and you are focusing on your most important work. The world does not stop spinning. Yeah. The world does not wait for you. In fact, it gets angry and it starts fighting for your attention and it gets louder and louder and louder. And it's that chaos that is making you want to bring your head up and say, "Okay, let me just clear the decks. Let me just get rid of all the other 80 percent work so that I can do my most important thing. Let me go do all the stuff that doesn't matter so I can then do the thing that matters. Oh, man, that's so true. And by the way, those of you listening, none of this was planned at all. So you just had a moment of uh, (laughs) of realness right there. Yeah, Here. but that's exactly right. Can I can I share a story? Yes. One of my so my my partners, um, Gary Keller. He started Keller Williams. It's the largest real estate company in the world. And his co-author Jay Papasan. They wrote the one thing together. So the three of us are partners. One of my first state of the company meetings with Gary and Jay, I was asked to present my vision for the company. If I wanted to earn the right to be the CEO of this organization, I had to prove that I could cast a vision. I walk into this room. I hand them each a single sheet of paper, my business plan. On it were three priorities. These are the top three priorities that I could do this year in order of priority. We started talking about number one. Gary and Jay asked a bunch of questions. I said, we good? They go, yeah. We started talking about number two. Gary started asking more questions about number one. Hmm. I didn't think anything of it. I answered them. I said, we good? He goes, yeah. I wrap up number two and start talking about number three, and Gary starts asking more questions about number one. (laughs) I answer him, feeling a little like I don't know what's going on, (laughs) right? But I answer him. I say, we good? He goes, yeah. I'm talking about number three for no more than 10 seconds before Gary stops me a final time. He says, do you need to do number three in order to accomplish number two? I said, no. He said, do you need to accomplish number two in order to accomplish number one? I said, no. He said, well, do me a favor. Will you put a line between number one and number two? 
or even better, rip the page in half. <laughs> Don't even think about number two and number three until you've earned the right to by mastering number one. Mm. I was in Gary's office two days ago, and on his desk is a piece of paper that he wrote in Sharpie. It says, until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. Oh, I like that. If doing your most important work or if doing your most if doing the most important thing is the most important thing, why would you do anything else? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So you got got in the meeting right there. It's like, oh yeah, duh. You guys wrote the book. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> right. It, the thing about it's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Yeah. The idea of getting clear on the thing that's going to matter most and doing it first, not earth shattering, mm-hmm. not rocket science, living it as a habit. Wow. That is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's yeah. what we teach. The behavior change. I mean, you know, what's interesting is when you're talking about that presenting three things, I imagine when you walked in and you thought they're going to love this. These guys are minimalist on this uh, idea. Oh, this is going to be well, great. It's, it's, it's Gary's model. That's how we set that is. Gary's model for a business plan. If it's any longer than that, it's just rubbish. Right. <laughs> Get clear on the handful of things that are going to bring the most value, narrow your focus to those things. What was the next level is once you get clear on your priorities, asking the question, do you act in order of priority? Mm-hmm. Does your calendar reflect your priorities? Yeah. Yeah. I was giving a, a keynote last night. And I, I said to people, because they started asking questions around time management in their calendar, I shared that most people, what we have found, whether they believe this or not, this is how they act. They vote with their actions. They act as though their calendar was a document that was etched in stone and carried down from a mountain by Charlton Heston and said, thou shalt follow, <laughs> versus viewing the calendar for what it is. A living, breathing, flexible document, a document that on Sunday you look at for the upcoming week and mentally you wipe the slate clean and ask the question, does this reflect my priorities? Yeah. Are the things that were on there, do they earn the right to keep their spot? Yeah. How can you time block your most important priorities first Protect the time for you to do your most important work first and then allow all those other things to fill in the time that remains. So let me ask you the obvious question. I know people listening to this are probably asking this and saying, okay, that sounds really good. That all makes sense. I get that. But you're also going to be running up against the fact that people's own view of themselves and you know, their own value structures, such as integrity, being a man of their word or a woman of their word, or, you know, all these things. Well, if I made this commitment, I need to stick to it. You know, you're dealing with different types of psychologies, you know, behind different leaders, different people. It it sounds great, but how do you help somebody navigate that? Because that has to be a real issue. Sure. Well, you're talking now about one of the second thieves of productivity, which is the the inability to say no. Mm Mm-hmm. People think, and I love how you said integrity, like you made a commitment to having this conversation. Yeah. I looked at my calendar for this week, Jared, and I knew what was on it, and I had to ask a legitimate question. I know that us having this conversation right now 
is not my highest priority. Right. I'm acting out of priority by being here here right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I chose to honor it because I felt it was important to honor that commitment. Yeah. At the same time, I had another interview after this one that I said, you know what? I can't do both. I need to pick one. And I chose you, by the way. Oh, man. Guys, you guys hear that? This is great. Uh, (laughs) Here's the deal. Good choice. When I said no to that person, it's not that I just said no. There are ways you can say no and make people still like you. Hey, something came up. I'm really sorry. Can we reschedule? Mm-hmm. Here's my availability. Or if you actually just don't want to reschedule, you can say, can we reschedule and just punt it to them? It's on them now to circle back. The burden is now on them to do the work to circle back and earn your time. Yeah. You just ask for an escalation of commitment. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like playing chicken, really. Can, can I ask you a question, Jared? Yeah, of course. Have you ever asked somebody, um, you were trying to line up a meeting and you propose a time and somebody said, no, that won't work? Uh, yes. Did you drop down onto the ground into the fetal position and cry yourself to sleep because they said no? No, of course not. Oh, what did you do? Well, I, if they said, no, that won't work. Well, it depends, right? I mean, usually I write back and say, well, I'm sorry, is there a time that will work? Oh, Mm-hmm. So you're saying you asked for somebody's time, they said no, mm-hmm. and you just simply said, oh, cool, you accepted it, didn't think anything of it, and then tried to find another option. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, so, that's, why are, so why are we so afraid to say no? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We start to dive into the psychology of what we, we look at is what's, again, it comes back to what you were talking about in the beginning. What is the most important thing? What is a real priority? I think it was, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, the, the author of Minimalism. Um, you mean Essentialism? Essentialism, not Minimalism. Yeah. That's a different book. Greg but McKeown. Yes. So Greg McKeown pointed this out that there's no such thing as priorities, plural. It's priority. One. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that stuck with me when I listened to him say that. I mean, it was a few years ago when that book came out. And I remember that thought, huh, yeah, you know, we talk about priorities. And that's just a real, that in and of itself is a lie. There's no such thing as priorities. And so, yeah, trying to balance all of that and thinking that, and I think there's also the fear that gets driven into us as well, especially in the United States, is that if you, if you aren't doing a thousand things, you are going to be lagging behind. Right. And that's just not it, true. It, so for the person who's listening... If you're like, okay, mind has been opened a little bit, and now you're asking the question, how do I actually do this? Yeah. Right? Because that's that's the next step. We want you to get into action. Yeah. Um, there are three major challenges that people have when it comes to their time and owning it. The first is they lack clarity. If I were to ask you, what is your one thing? What is the number one thing that you should be doing? What's the one thing you can do? such that by doing it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. Would you be able to go, Jeff, it's blank, and it would be specific, it would be measurable, it would be actionable? Hmm. Most people, that answer is no. They don't have that level of clarity. If I asked you, what are the three to five things that you absolutely must do this week in order of priority, would you be able to rattle them off to me? One, two, three. Most people, the answer is no. So if this is you, that's okay. Take yourself off the hook. This is just what, what happens when you, if you surround yourself with the right people and you invest in the right processes, you, you get there. Okay, so lack of clarity is number one. Number two is they lack control. 
they actually lack control of their time. They don't think they can say no if somebody sends a meeting request. They don't think they can say ignore that phone call, not check their email for a certain period of time. Really, you are in control. You've just given it up. Mm-hmm. So how do you begin to take it back? That's the second challenge. And the third challenge is they don't have the right community, meaning their environment doesn't support their goals. So restructuring your environment to support those things. Um, we can't get into how specifically to get more clarity, get more control, get the right community, because this is like we have a whole business around this. This is what we do for companies and people. What I can say in terms of specifically measurably taking action, if you were to open your calendar right now, I would like you to find one appointment over the next two weeks that is not your most important work, that you're looking at that and you're like, I really just should not be honoring that time. And I will ask you to either A, cancel it straight up, or B, ask them to reschedule it. Prove to yourself that you actually are in control of your time. And, and just think big and start really small with one appointment in the next two weeks. Can you do this, Jared? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably find two or three. <laughs> right? And, and when you do that, so that's, that's, a, that's an immediate win, right? We want you to get a quick win. And the second is I want you to now reserve that time, that time block, for you to do your most important work. Yeah. That mm-hmm. thing, and if you don't know what your most important work is, if you don't know what your one thing is, then your one thing is to figure out what your one thing is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> start, start there. Yeah. No, it's so simple. And, uh, it, yeah. And that, and that, simple. Yeah. Can you believe it? It's just one thing. It just simplify, simplify. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's incredible. I mean, this, you, you and I talked earlier before the show started, and we were talking about what are the three things we really wanted to focus on. You really just kind of hit all of them, right? I mean, we were talking about managing overload, uh, you know, how to stay ahead of the curve, and then what actions organizations or people need to take in order to scale. And this really touches on it. But is there anything else? Um, of course, that would be violating the principle of one thing, right? Right. Well, well <laughs> I mean, needs if you this. talk about, you talk about staying ahead of the curve and scaling, that's, those are, um, different cans of worms, which I'm happy to open. Cause let's open fine. them. Let's do it. Break. Well, them first staying ahead of the curve, this comes back to clarity. Mm-hmm. We find that of the majority of business owners that we work with or businesses that we work with, uh, they are looking only so far ahead into the future. Yeah. Year, two years, three years. If you are a student of history, you know that there has never been an industry that was not disrupted. Yeah, that's right. We're watching it happen right now with the hotel industry, with the taxi industry, social media. It just It's all being disrupted. What's the business that's going to put you out of business? Mm-hmm. And how can you go build it first? That's right. I promise you that Marriott wished they had asked that question about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So when it comes to staying ahead of the curve, how can you project forward 40, 50 years and ask the question, what's the business that will put us out of business? How do we build it first? Yeah. I'm watching this happen right now inside of Keller Williams where Gary's literally ready to just blow the company up metaphorically, not that (laughs) – from day one, he said, this is not a real estate company. This is a training and education company that happens to be in real estate. Yeah. And all the resources, the culture, everything was built 
to make it a training company. In fact, they won the number one training company in the world across all industries That's as awesome. a result. Now they're blowing it up and they're re-envisioning it as a technology company. Hmm. Uh-huh. What's the business that's going to put us out of business and how do we build it first? So now they're restructuring everything so that it can be a technology company that happens to be in real estate. Yeah. Are you thinking big enough with your organization? That's a question I love that uh, you know I ask quite a bit. Obviously, in my line of work, is going to help people anticipate how the world may be unfolding and what actions they need to take. It's sure. that's the central theme, right? How do we mm-hmm. think differently about you know who you know this 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 idea of how do we become disruptive to ourselves? Essentially, is what you've just said. Yep. How do you be? How do you disrupt your own industry? Because somebody's going to do it. Might as yeah, well be might you. Might as well be you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and and when you start talking about scaling. Um, Again, I think this is something that everybody would say, of course, this is true. And then if we look at their action. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jeff, you still there? Hold on, I'll ask you for a second. Yep. Okay, so we're going to pause. Are you still there? Yep. Okay, hold on here. So take it from the top when you said about when you started talking about scaling. In regards to scaling, what I'm about to share is very, very similar to the theme earlier. You're going to hear this and you're going to go, of course, that's true. If we looked at your actions, would your actions say that you are acting as though it's true? And the truth is no one succeeds alone. That's right. We all believe that. And if we were to look at what your actions are, would your actions support you bringing talent into your world, you leveraging things out, you giving people the opportunity to succeed inside your world, giving them the opportunity to fail? Mm -hmm. Or are you a control freak who's afraid to delegate because you're worried that it's not going to get done as well? Yeah. (laughs) I remember Gary taught a a class um, on what does it actually take to build an empire? Not a really successful company, a true empire where you are the dominant force in your industry. It comes down to people. Mm -hmm. You as the business owner should only be recruiting what we refer to as empire builders, meaning people who are destined to build an empire on their own and instead they're going to do it inside your world because they can have everything they could possibly want by remaining inside your world. You're not looking, and this was when I wanted to hire my executive assistant, they said, you're not looking for an executive assistant. You're looking for a future COO who has the capacity to replace you as CEO, who is currently an executive assistant. Now I like that. That is a very different personality profile. That is a very different person versus somebody who's just an EA. That's right. I mean, it's somebody who actually can think on their own, who can come up with original ideas, who can solve problems without just having to stand by and wait for direction. Yeah. Who can take ownership and take territory. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you and I just sat down with a, a business owner recently, we were looking over his org chart and I asked the question, how many of these people have the capacity to replace you one day? Yeah. And of his entire company, the answer was zero. Oh, man, that's so many organizations today. And then I shared a, a, a Gary truth that blew my mind, which is, are you really a business owner if you can't step away from your business and have your net worth go up? Or do you just have a job? Yeah. Think on that one for a moment. (laughs) You do not believe you are a business owner. You do not earn the right to call yourself a business owner until you can step away from your business and your net worth goes up. Yeah. That's a good one. How would you have to show up differently in the world right now 
so that one day you could step away from your business and have your net worth go up. Yeah. What would your calendar look like? Mm-hmm. What would be your activities? Just everything shifts. Yeah, it really does. No, that's incredible. This is uh, this is great. So now I know our time is coming to to a close, and it feels like we've only been talking for a few minutes here. But you guys have got some pretty interesting things going on, and this is a conversation. You know, if it if it uh, if you and I agree that it's worth our time <laughs> down the road to continue, because I think so many more people are going to want to hear about this. But you have a couple things going on in the organization right now. Tell us a little bit about those and how people can get in touch with you. Uh, obviously, the book, but then um, where sure. they can find some of these resources to help them find their one thing and start to uh, put it into action. We think uh, one of the biggest challenges people have when it comes to their education these days is there's more content than ever before and less implementation than ever before. Our book is now one of the highest rated business books of all time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible book and people read it. They love it. And then they do nothing. We're not in business just to make a profit. We're in business because we want to make an impact. And so we asked the question, what type of implementation programs would we put together so that people can actually live their one thing? And so the, the, a great, the one that you're referring to is called Living Your One Thing. Mm-hmm. And basically, this is where we help people take back 24 to 32 hours of their month That's every huge. single month. Just through some tiny little tweaks, these are not hard, but pretty quick, all of a sudden you realize you are taking back control of 24 to 32 hours a month, six to eight hours a week that you are wasting that you now channel into your most important work. So if you guys go to um, theonething.com slash membership, um, it, it is we only open it at a handful of times in the year, but that's a great place. Um, or you could just go to theonething.com. We got lots of resources there, free stuff, our podcast, everything. And that's with the number one in the URL. So theonething.com with the number one. Perfect. And of course, we'll make sure there's links for that. So folks that are listening to this, they can just click that and follow. But Jeff, yeah. this has been great, man. Uh, yeah, this is this is excellent. I mean, personally, I always benefit from these conversations that I get to have with folks. But, you know, when we get to dissect me right here on uh, on the show, that's always and, fun and, and Did I prep you on that? Did no, I you not at all. Tables? No, nothing no. at all. That was great. But it's yeah. but it was highly relevant. That's what I hope listeners really take away is that we all I know so many of us. I deal with this. Everybody that I know of deals with this. Uh, it's something we have to continuously be uh, brought back to and reminded of. And uh, I think that just becomes more and more important as the days go on. And the more information and the more data we have thrown at us, uh, we really have got to get clear on that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jeff, uh, thanks for being on the show. And I know we'll want to have you on again. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Jared. All right, everybody, that is it for today's show. Again, thank you so much for being here. And if you have not subscribed... Make sure you do that before you uh, turn this episode off. And then also visit us at thenewfuturist.com where you can find out more about our work, uh, a lot of the free resources that we have. And of course, if you want to take your strategic thinking, your decision making, or increase that skill set to drive real innovation and create the future, then you'll definitely want to check out the Foresight Academy. And you can find that on our website at thenewfuturist.com under courses, but you can also find that at theforesightacademy.com. Again, that's theforesightacademy.com. And this is something we're doing in partnership with the University of Tennessee, where uh, folks that go through this program and they complete it are uh, issued a certificate in strategic foresight from the Haslam College of Business at the University of Tennessee. So again, 
check us out at thenewfuturist.com, but also if you're interested in, uh, in the Foresight Academy and getting your certificate in strategic foresight, then definitely check us out at theforesightacademy.com. As always, uh, feel free to reach out to us directly. Let us know what you think. If you've got some ideas or comments or things that you want to see us uh, or hear us talk about, we want to hear from you. We want to know. So make sure that you comment on the blog and, uh, and leave us a note. All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you soon.